Hi, welcome back to Roy Knows Podcast, helping you become a better you. Well, we're really excited today because we have Dr. Ash Gavami here with us, who's a phenomenal plastic surgeon and rhinoplasty surgeon from LA. Ash, welcome. Thank you, Rod. It's such a pleasure to finally be on your show, and uh, we're going to go through some great topics. Do, does yeah. everyone know that I trained under you about 500 years ago? <laughs> yes, he, yeah. he did. Yes. Uh, let me just do a brief intro. You know, Ash is uh, he did train uh, with me, you know, a few years ago. But he's a world famous rhinoplasty surgeon. He's at uh, he's in L.A. He's an assistant, a clinical professor of plastic surgery at UCLA. He's written his book on global rhinoplasty. It's a phenomenal book. It just came out this year, right, Ash? And then, of course, he's the yes. current president of the Rhinoplasty Society. Congratulations to you. And you. Uh, he's a phenomenal educator, talented surgeon, and. We're going to talk about a lot of those things today, and we're going to start off with, uh, you know, what you do. I mean, he's in L.A., so we're going to have to talk about social media, and we'll talk about that and, uh, and ethnic rhinoplasty. So, so, Ash, tell me about, you know, how long have you been in L.A.? Um, since 2007, so that's about uh, going on 16 years. God, seems like yesterday. I know, I know. Well, I've been in Dallas almost every March consecutive. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, I'm blessed to be honored, uh, blessed and honored to be invited every year to come back to Dallas. And, you know, Rod believes in giving back and I give back to the institution and Rod who trained me long ago and probably one of the best meetings of the year. So we do a cadaver lab and everything. So I see Rod at least every March, but I see him uh, <laughs> all over the world, really. I've seen him in Mexico. I've seen you everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, same here. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so so tell us about what what's transformed plastic surgery and, and, you know, especially your practice over the years. I mean, it's been social media, has it not? And you've been one of the pioneers in doing social media early on. What, tell us yeah, about that. Uh, well, you know, when I first came out, it was a big deal to even have a really glitzy, nice website. And, you know, right. that was was how we you know, we're a very visual uh, profession, so we have to show our work. We can't just promise people we're going to lower their blood pressure or bring their glucose levels down. <laughs> we have to show them what their before-afters are going to look like. And now it's really amazing to have such easy access with smartphones and just showcase videos. And me and you take videos, and sometimes we do education right live at a meeting. It's amazing technology, and I recognized... You know, I, we used to have these lookbooks in our offices where people would come and thumb through an old album, like right. my mom's album, where she has my childhood pictures. That doesn't work. You, you know, <laughs> the minute I saw Instagram, and I'm like, this, this makes complete sense. And their logo back in the day was kind of like a brown Polaroid camera, um, and it makes complete sense that we would showcase our work on something like social media, but the whole world can see it. And guess what? It's free, although we can talk about the monetization that's going on now with it. But at that time, it cost nothing. You didn't have to rely on a website guy to promise you he's doing your SEO and he's coding your pages right. You had full autonomy. Right. And, you know, it really helped brand who you are and showcase your personality in an authentic way if you did it the way I believe it should be done and how you do it, where you just show what you show your friends and family and your patients to the world through your smartphone and show before afters. And, you know, I believe a little bit of personality should come through. Some people have a higher ratio of personality and what they do in their life. You know, they showcase their cars, their watches, or some <laughs> some of the female surgeons show their high heels and their beautiful evening gowns. 
you and I, we're, we're mostly educational and, you know, here and there we show what we do at conferences and meetings and every now and then I'll post a guitar playing video or, right. you know, something like that. One day I'll show myself racing a car, but I don't want my life insurance company to watch. So I don't know. <laughs> playing guitar. No, I think yeah. you've done it. You've done an amazing job and I think uh, everybody should emulate what you've done. And, and you really have been a pioneer in that. And, and of course, just like with any pioneer, you get, you get a lot of the arrows and, and criticisms, but really I think it's showcasing plastic surgery because there's so few real plastic surgeons on social media that actually can do that and are doing that and and I think doing it in an honest and ethical way uh, and, and I, I, I applaud you for that I, I think that's really um, and it takes a lot of work you can't farm that out can you no. no I you know the first I would say I started my first post on Instagram I believe was in 2000 either 12 or 14, I don't remember now, I want to say 2012. And I, my first post was uh, an evil eye, which is interesting. <laughs> my second post was Cleopatra uh, from a museum uh, that I went to. So I always put arts and I, and anytime I go to a museum, when I'm impressed by a piece of artwork, I post that as well. So I feel like it's really artistry coming through. Um, you know, I, I learned from you and from all the masters I train with, like yourself, Bauman Gairon, and, and uh, you know, uh, Sam Hamra and all these guys that, you know, you you need to be authentic. And at the end of the day, we are physicians, we are surgeons, and yes, it's entertainment in a sense, but the blend of it has to be appropriate. And each person, you know, is going to do that differently. But the point to get across is really educating patients in a way they remember. And if you're going to be boring, and not entertaining, they're not going to remember. I mean, that's why you're doing this podcast, right? And that's why when you watch these uh, safety videos at the beginning of an airline flight, you know, they do these stupid cartoons and these like funny things right. so that people actually listen to something because it's an important message. They're telling you the plane's about to crash. You got to do this. And so they got to do something to get your attention. We have to do some version of that through our Instagram as well and our social media. We got to get some entertainment in there, something catchy, whether it's music, the way you do it, the way you show it, the way it's edited. But you know, it's become complicated. And after the first four years or so, when a lot of video was coming into play, I did hire an in-house team. Right. I personally don't believe you should hire a company that has, you know, like 50 or 100 plastic surgeons under their belt. I think the company should have maybe one or two max so right. they can really personalize it with you. And my team is a group of young kids that are just rotate and they're the same little tiny mom and pop company that come in-house and do it. So back in the day, I just had one person. Um, so, yeah. and then I did a lot of it in the beginning. I used to be on Snapchat a lot, remember? We, yeah, I know. We did that poll in Mexico where we asked on Snapchat Live. You're right. Whether uh, people, how many people know how what board certification to get? And it was so enlightening that only like 50% of people knew what it meant to be board certified. Yeah, that's right. No, I mean, it's amazing. I, you know, I still do a lot of it myself, Ash, but I mean, and I really have learned a lot from you and others that really have done this so well. So what what are the lessons that you've learned, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it, you know, people always say, oh, wow, he's now famous. But the thing is, it's just like when they say, oh, Grogan is famous. It only took uh, Joe uh, uh, Grogan, uh, he took him 30 years to get there. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> so so yeah. it's a lot of hard work. And, and I've seen you do that. So it's not instant overnight success. It's hard work, right? And repetitive, hard work and excellent and showing excellent results. I mean, that's what it's all about. If yeah. you can't talk to talk it, but you can't do it, you're not going to go anywhere. 
Yeah, I mean, as you know, anything that's significant, important, or poignant in life is a marathon, not a sprint. And the uh, you know, social media is the same. I did it organically. I never paid yep. for you know getting inflated numbers from day one. I believe in that. And you know, be honest with you, we we should talk about it for sure before we end on shadow banning. It's a big problem right now for people posting body work. Uh, I right. mean, myself, Dave Sieber. A lot of our colleagues, we talk at meetings and we're like, what's going on? Uh, I don't think Mark Zuckerberg's a huge fan of butts and uh, butts and boobs. So but, tell us tell but, us about shadow banning. You know, I don't do a lot of body contouring, so I, yeah. I've seen that. So it's from, probably not affecting you. Yeah so, yeah, so tell us about that and why are they doing that? Well, shadow banning is basically, you know, these these their algorithms and the AIs that these companies have are getting savvier and savvier. You know, soon they're going to have a huge company could probably have 10 employees and a thousand AIs, you know. But right, right now they have a few hundred and then they have AI ro uh, robots. They roam around and look for content and algorithms change all the time. And for the past year to two, um, I think I was one of their guinea pigs, to be honest with you, because I used I remembered long ago. I was trying to show someone my own page and I was typing my name out and all these surgeons with this name similar to me with 200 or 100 followers or 50 followers. And at the time I had like 400,000 organic followers were showing up above me. I had to type my entire name out and then scroll to the bottom of that list to find my own page on my phone. Really? And people were telling me they, you know, couldn't find me. So. I, and I, that's shadow banning. So right. they do algorithms where they suppress your content and don't let people see it. People have to really do some digging to find you or find your content. They don't. They definitely don't put you on the explore page, which is how you get new followers. Yeah. Your how do you do that? Followers. How, how do you fix that? How do you fix that? There, I'm. I'm. I don't know. To be honest with you, there's. There's no. Uh, there's no way to fix it. It's a culture right now of kind of a little bit of wokeism mixed with some uh, anti-plastic surgery, anti-body sh imaging, shaming. But you know, to be honest with you, it's very hypocritical because a lot of my patients who I've operated on, their pages are not shadow banned, and they're practically nude in bikinis and lingerie and <laughs> making money off the work I did on them. But I'm shadow banned for the yeah. work. <laughs> Yeah. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It might change. Maybe it'll uh, soften up, or some new version of Instagram, maybe eighteen over, will come out. So, what about? So, what advice do you have for the viewer or for the young plastic surgeon, or, or someone who's actually trying to find somebody that uh, is an excellent plastic surgeon? What, what 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 advice do you have for them? You know, it's hard, but the first thing you have to do is look in your states. If you're in the United States, I'll just speak on the U.S. If you're in the U.S., look in your state board and look up your surgeon and just their standing with the medical board of your state to see that they're safe they don't have a thousand lawsuits and all that and they're not sanctioned secondly look in the board of plastic surgery american board of plastic surgery and just look up your surgeon there if they're board uh, certified they'll show up and that's just like a car having gasoline and engine and wheels that's it right now you have to decide whether you want Nothing against Prius owners or whether you want a Prius or a Ferrari or a brand new Mercedes. So to differentiate that, you got to basically do a test drive, which right. means you got to go on the page, uh, use your gut instincts. Does the contents uh, on the website or the social media of that surgeon look like it's authentic? Does it look like there's a lot of camera tricks being used? Does it look, you know, do you trust that surgeon? You're, you're putting your life in their hands. And a lot of people, if they just listen to their gut instinct, will figure that out. There's a lot of little snakes out there, board certified and not. 
Um, it's hard to do standardized images on social media, including videos and the getting lighting right. You know, one of my rooms has a huge window out to the whole skyline of Beverly Hills. And sometimes based on the time of day, my images might look slightly different. But, um, you know, there's ways around that. But in general, you'll know when someone's intentionally trying to deceive you or right. where you feel like that surgeon may be not someone who will be there for me if a problem occurs. Mm -hmm. And then you should do a Zoom call or a consult and probably see about anywhere from two to three surgeons, um, or at least these days you can do a Zoom consult and get a feeling for their before afters, their personality, how ethical of a doctor they might be after you've done the basic research. Yeah. Um, but well, social media is a great way to see that work. And, I, and people that do videos like you and I a lot, that's the most authentic because so far, it's hard to deep fake or AI a video so far, but soon people will be able to, to do it. I'll be able to make myself look like I'm 21. So. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good advice. Well, let's let's uh, let's transition to one of your favorite procedures is, you know, ethnic rhinoplasty. So obviously, you know, you you show a lot of that and you educate a lot on social media, which I like because you're talking to people about what they could have what they should have and what looks good and what looks really nice in their ethnic, you know, in their ethnic framework. So tell us about how that and obviously, you know, you live in L.A. and that's an incredible yeah. place. That's got hodgepodge. Yeah, it's a hodgepodge. It's like, well, it's like America, but it's really amplified yeah. there. So so tell us. And of course, you know, you've written about it in your in your new book. So tell us about how you approach ethnic rhinoplasty. Yeah, so the ethnic, you know, the word ethnic sometimes it rubs a few people the wrong way, but really it's the best way to just describe just basically because even being Irish is an ethnicity, you know. Yeah, ethnic, and so is Caucasian. Mean, yeah. yeah, ethnic doesn't mean indigenous or wild, but it used to, you know, maybe in the 40s, but right now it just means, you know, where are you from? And in order to be a rhinoplasty surgeon, that's, you know, you should be able to take all comers. And Rhinoplasty, as you know, and we've written chapters together, uh, the, one of the first ones was done as a nasal reconstruction by Shushruta in 500 BC. So, I mean, and that's India. So rhinoplasty is rooted in, in the roots of various ethnicities around the world from India, and then Jack Joseph in Germany, um, uh, working on the aristocrats and World War I victims uh, who've lost half their face and transitioning over to Taglicosi in Italy. And then to Dallas with Rod Rourke and me there telling you we should do a Middle Eastern chapter. So, I mean, you know, it's it's a worldwide thing. And that's why in my book, um, if you look at the cover, it's actually the globe is made of noses. So, <laughs> I love it. Was yeah, that your idea? I wrote this Sam and Nazim, uh, two world-renowned guys themselves. Sam is Persian, Nazim's Turkish. Yeah. It, just the authorship alone for, are from all over the world, you know. And, yeah. And, What's interesting about a nose, and we should probably do a study on this, is if you just took the nose by itself and showed some relatively intelligent people, they could probably guess just the nose alone, the color of the skin, the shape of the nostrils and the bridge, approximately by within narrowing it down to two regions of the world where that person might be from. I agree. The nose is very bound with ethnicity. So to master rhinoplasty is to master the world. Right. Uh, nose jobs. Yeah. yeah, and you know, an ethnic rhinoplasty. Let's take the Persian rhinoplasty itself. I yeah. mean, you know, the goal is you want to, you know, get the best-looking nose that matches their beautiful facial features, right? You don't want to change that, and I think that's the that's the theme of your book, right? Has it yeah, not been exactly? I mean. The, the best nose job is the one that lets your other features shine. You know, in our culture, in Persian, when we talk about someone attractive, we say 
Cheshavru, which basically means brows and eyes. You know, the eyes are right. the windows to the soul and the way that someone smiles and what you can tell emotion through their eyes and, and the color of their eye and the, the, the glow um, and the expression of their brows depends on how much Botox they have. Um, but, <laughs> you know, the nose is just there to kind of put it all together in the center. You know, it's like it's like the beautiful tree in front of a mansion. You know, it's right. you, you, you love the mansion, these the sprawling estates, but that tree in the center puts it all together. Yep, that's well said, well said. And I think, so how do you, you know, for the viewer, tell them, how do you find somebody that will uh, be an expert in the rhinoplasty you want, and no matter what your ethnicity? And you're right, uh, you know, ethnic rhinoplasty, sometimes people take it as, as something, you know, different, but really, every, you know what, every rhinoplasty is kind of, is an ethnic one, including yeah. the Caucasian one, because everybody has to have a different algorithm for how you analyze them and how you treat them. So what, what uh, words of wisdom do you have uh, about how do you find somebody that gives you the best nose for your face, no matter what your ethnicity? What, what are like the three things you should look for? Well, first thing I would look at is authentic before after images and videos um, on social media, website, wherever you find it. And there yeah. should be plenty of them. You know, right. someone that does five nose jobs a year, you know, maybe give them some more time to get a few more under their belt. Um, so if they have a, a fair amount of number of cases, as we call it, on their social media and website, then they've at least done a bunch. And if you like the quality of their work, I don't know if you necessarily need to see or find your nose on their page. I mean, of course not. Like, for example, you and I, I don't have a lot of Asian rhinoplasty, but honestly, for me, Asian noses are some of the simplest noses to do. There are certain limitations, and you add these robust grafts, and you're done. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, well, um, right. But, but also, Asian patients, many of them, and I have, I have a lot of Asian patients. Uh, they don't allow you to use them on social media. Exactly. At least yeah, and of. males, and I don't. A lot of the guy, uh, the males I that I, I don't. They don't want to choose it, and a lot of the African Americans don't because exactly. you know they don't be called out. Right. So if you don't find your exact nose or your ethnicity on someone's page, but you see they do a plethora of rhinoplasty in a broad spectrum, and most importantly, there's like subtle varieties and changes in the nose that's customized to that person. The surgeon took on an individualized approach then that person might be your surgeon and then you have to talk to him, meet him, zoom with them and see if it's a match. Exactly. And that the noses shouldn't, I, mean, I go to so many sites and all the noses look the same. That's yeah. not a good thing. We won't say what country, but there's this particular country where the <laughs> intraoperative images, it's like, how much can we project that tip? I know. I know. No, I know. You know, it just, it, maybe that's a good thing for some people, but you know, you have to be able to reproduce it reliably and make it look good on their face. And that's yeah. different on everybody. It's like, you know. But also, you know, you and I have our own taste and stuff, you know, right. like you, you know, we have our different tastes in, in clothing and in shoes and in artwork. And the same thing when we look at an individual and we talk to them, you know, you're, you, you know, it sounds kind of corny to say it, but we are artists uh, in a way, but our media is not, you know, a clay or marble. It's, you know, cartilage, bone and soft tissues. So. Um, you have to be a match to the artist. If you are going to go commission a painting by an oil painter uh, of your family or yourself and put it up in your house, you know, you'd want to, you know, really talk to that person and know that they're a match. They're going to yep. capture your uh, the, you capture your light in that image and not just robotically paint you. Well, I agree. I agree. So wise words from Dr. Ashkavami. So 
Experience, expertise, exceptional results. The three E's that differentiate true experts from everyone else. Remember, you know, uh, experts practice until they never ever get it wrong. And that's really what you're seeing here. So thank you so much, Dr. Gavami, and make sure Pleasure. you, uh, if you're anywhere in the world, and especially in LA, look up Dr. Ash Gavami. He's a rock star. Thank you so much, and give us thank your you. thoughts and comments and uh, helping you become a better view. See you next episode.